Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. I must say, as we do this, I think this man, I don't know if Hamilton has any kind of award for meritorious service or for courage in the face of great danger or uh, whatever else, but this guy should get all of them hosting and moderating 15 ward debates and then a mayoral debate is is service above and beyond uh, are you even sober at this point mike or have you just like drowned yourself in a vat of alcohol to compensate for what you just went through <laughs> yeah it, it was quite the marathon uh no i'm i'm staying sober if anything scotty <laughs> i'm uh i'm trying to digest a lot of it and believe it or not i'm going back and and replaying some of them uh and watching them on demand through cable 14 because when you're there live you kind of get caught up in them a little bit and uh you know i'm paying attention to other things producers in my ear so on and so mm-hmm. forth so i want to make sure i know what was kind of being said and, and just kind of follow along that is mike fortune by the way i don't know if i gave your full name there but it, it look good for you for doing this uh it is a it is an amazing thing to go through all this so i don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position by unless you really want to by offering specific names but let me ask you this were there in any of the wards you did you did 16 of these were there people that you looked at and you said, whether I agree with them or disagree with them, that person would be an amazing city councilor? Yeah, by all means. You know, I, I, I scroll down the list and I, I look and see what happened in Ward 13. Uh, a, a young candidate has come on board who, uh, who really knew his stuff. Uh, he spoke eloquently and uh, he wasn't holding back any punches. He, I think he did extremely well. Uh, for others that really jumped out at me, you know, a number of the incumbents did, a Tom Jackson, a, a John Paul Danko, and they're seasoned pros. They get it. What surprised me the most, I think, Scott, were some of the candidates who came out, and God bless them, you know, they're putting their name on the ballot, and I admire and respect each one of them, but some of the ones that just maybe didn't come as prepared or, or didn't know what they were maybe getting themselves into. Uh, and of course there were also some ca- uh, candidates that, you know, I, I just like, I, you kind of, sh- you kind of, I don't want to say roll your eyes, but you're just like, you know what? I don't think they have what it's going to take. And there are some big names out there where I was like, mm, I, I don't know. After watching this, I don't know if that person might be the person you want representing you around the horseshoe. That, I mean, that's, that's a really tough one because I, again, I'm with you. I, I, I applaud those who would put their name forward. And yet every time I watch some of these, I feel the same way. It's like, are you doing this? Not everyone, obviously some, are you doing this as a lark just to get on a few minutes of TV? Or do you really think that you should be a city councilor? Because some of these, I, 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 I almost worry that someone really thinks they should be doing the job. Yeah, and, and one of the candidates, uh, one of the incumbents actually posed that question during one of the debates. Do you truly know what it takes to be a city councillor? The hundreds of phone calls, the hundreds, the, the thousands of emails. Uh, and, 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 you know, you can sit here and criticize us for why we aren't here and why we're not doing this. But their schedule is so full from behind the, the scenes. Things that you, you and I don't see, Scott. You know, and of course we understand that there's politics behind the politics. Um, and there are going to be some tough choices uh, for constituents in various wards. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the, the big culmination last night with what we saw with uh, the two, uh, two of the top two candidates of, of the three, and no disrespect to the other candidates, but we had two of the th- two last night on, on uh, 
for the mayoral debate. Yeah, Keenan Loomis and Andrea Horvath were there. Bob Moore, uh, Bob, Bob Morrow, Bob Bratina. I'm going Showing to date myself there. <laughs> uh, Bob Bratina was uh, has COVID and couldn't make it. So, um, one of the things that I found really interesting in this is how different some of these were. Um, the one thing I think it was Ward Four, where it sounded like each person had showed up and had written each other a Christmas card and a Valentine's card, and was baking each other a cake. I mean, they were so friendly that. Which I think is a, is, an, a, is a good thing on one hand. On the other, if you're so friendly, I don't know that you're able to really stand out because there, there has to be some butting of heads in politics, doesn't there? There has to be a little bit. So it, 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 it was talked about very briefly. Yes, they were at a debate the, the night before. You're referring to Ward 4 where um, Laura Farr, Tammy Wang, Alex Johnstone, uh, Max Francis are just uh, just to name a few. They're, they are. They're very friendly. They're besties. They're, they're kind of. There was nothing that they they didn't say negatively about each other. Listen, if that's who they're going to be, then again they have the opportunity. And again, we're just a snippet. Go to their websites, visit their platforms, talk to them if you have a chance. But it came across as we're a very friendly, uh, loving group. Uh, another war that was kind of similar was Ward 6, where the candidates were thanking Councillor Jackson, and you've done an amazing job, Councillor Jackson, giving him all the airtime where he answers a question, and then he goes down his clipboard and says, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. And I'm just like, wow, okay, you've, just, you've almost just given him another term, I believe. <laughs> no. um, and, and Ward 8, same thing. If, if, I, if there's one piece of advice I could give potential candidates moving forward when you're in a group situation like that and you're up against an incumbent, don't give them all the airtime. Don't ask them all the questions. You know, focus on yourself. Focus on, on asking other candidates what they might do as opposed to the incumbent because they'll just go down their checklist and tell you how great they are. Were there any, now I have not seen, I, I unlike you, uh, I did not watch or see all of them yet. I'm working my way through them. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any that were nastier? Were, did any get angry? I wouldn't say angry. I, w- I would say... Uh, uh, Ward 7, Esther Pauls, uh, I'd like to use the word, got quite passionate with, with uh, candidate uh, Scott Duvall. Uh, other than that, there was no, and again, aside from the mayoral debate, which kind of threw you know some punches back and forth, that one was probably the most heated, if that's the word you want to use, of, of the 16 debates. Uh, there was a moment in Ward 3 when uh, the incumbent Narendra Nan and uh, candidate Furland were going back and forth to each other. And you can maybe sense a little bit of, of, of back and forth in Ward 2 with uh, candidate Kretsch and uh, candidate Jason Farr. But other than that, you know, they were all very civil. They respected each other. They respected the process. There wasn't a lot of talking over each other, uh, so their messages could be heard. Was there an issue that came up at, that you, after doing all these, if, you, if someone said, Mike, what is the, the issue of this election? Was there one that came up again and again and again and again that everyone was terribly passionate about, or was it sort of a stew of a little bit of everything? 
I would say it was a spew of a little bit of everything. The first few debates, uh, Scotty, were, were a little quiet on the on the whole policing issue. And, and then some of the media panels started pushing that a little bit more. You know, defund the police is the big thing. And then, of course, they were going after the, the cover-up at Coots. Uh, there was nothing. And there was, of course, there was a little bit of stuff around the culture at City Hall and being transparent. I would say those would be the two biggest ones that kind of came up, especially when the incumbents were on. Other than that, uh, and again, I'd have to go back and watch some of them because uh, there was so much that was being talked about. There were other little things that kind of came up, too. But at the end of it all, Scott, no one truly jumped out at me and said, man, they are going to be uh, a great counselor. I would uh, now. Have you have you already written your letter to the folks who run Cable fourteen and said, okay, uh, next time someone else gets to do this, <laughs> I've done, I've taken the bullet for you now. It's someone else's turn. Scott, I've done this two elections in a row now, and I wouldn't trade places with anybody. I love doing it. I love getting to know these candidates, uh, what they stand for, and, and being part of something that is so grassroots at the community television level uh, where we are able to do this. I love every minute of it. And so, no, I, I'm, I'm already putting my hat in for 2022. Let's bring it on. So you don't put your hat in. You just put your hair in. Well, it's different. I, I, yeah, I, I just put the hair hat on. I, you know, I just, I just plop it on every day. We're good to go. <laughs> one of these days, I got to borrow that one. Uh, people can find all the debates in full. They can watch the full replay at Cable 14's website. They're all free. You can go uh, pull them up and uh, and watch them. At the very least, at the absolute very least, people, please go and watch your own ward and the mayoral race. You don't have to watch all of them. Just make sure you at least see a little bit about what's going on in your own place to know who you're going to vote for. Uh, Mike Fortune, really appreciate it. Go uh, go reward yourself with uh, whatever it is you reward yourself with. Great job. Consider it done, my friend. Thanks, Scotty. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Endless amounts of talk in this city about the LRT project that is presumably coming and starting soon. Uh, We've reached the point in the city now with the election that the leading mayoral candidates aren't even fighting about it now because they've all sort of said, well, yeah, it's going to happen. But I did notice, and I think some of you also probably will have noticed this, there was a story in the Toronto Star, sorry, not just in the Star, but I'm, I'm picking the one in the Star from Monday about another delay to the long-awaited Eglinton Crosstown LRT. Now, this is in Toronto. It's a 19-kilometer route, a little longer than ours is going to be. But it was started in 2011, supposed to be finished in 2020. We are now in 2022, and on Friday, Metrolinx, who's going to be building ours or overseeing ours, announced not only, obviously, is it not done, anyone who's gone by this can see that it's not done, but we can't now give you a end date. We're not only two years late, we can't tell you when this thing finally will be done. And, you know, you read the stories, whether it's the Star or elsewhere, the people are not happy. People along that stretch who have now been putting up with this for 11 years, as they describe it, with dust, with terrible traffic, with rodents that are running around because the ground all got dug up, uh, and it's going on and on and on. I want to bring Enzo Taroni onto the show today. He is the chair of the Fairbank Village BIA that covers a section of this uh, and where this construction is happening. Enzo, thank you for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Scott. 
So, you know, when we hear the quotes in some of these stories, whether it's, again, the star story or else, uh, it, it, it certainly does seem like some of the people that you would represent have kind of reached the end of their tether with this. Yeah, definitely. It, it, this has been going on for a very long time. Um, you know, even when it first started, it was nothing but arguments rather than getting to work and getting on, get, getting the tunnel built and getting the, the transit moving. Uh, you know, we're, we're all about the same thing. We all want the people to be able to have accessible transportation. We want them to be able to get around. Um, you know, the businesses definitely can use the people coming in and out, uh, supporting them. And, you know, where we were promised uh, an LRT, uh, an LRT system, um, you know, we've been given a hole in the ground. We've been given uh, a, a whole lot of work behind it. And, you know, we get it that it's almost there, but the fact that they keep delaying and the fact that they keep uh, delaying without any, any real uh, definite answer as to what's going on and when it's going to finally finish, it, it doesn't leave people with a good flavor in their mouth. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to take. What has been the effect on the businesses there? Because I have to believe 11 years of construction has to have had some impact. Well, there's uh, over the 11 years, there's been many businesses that uh, did close up because, you know, they had uh, barricades and they had fencing in front of their businesses. Uh, so it was very difficult to access. Uh, it, it's it's like you mentioned already, dust, dirt all over the place. Uh, I, I know that, you know, our, our BIA and there's uh, six other ones along Eglinton Avenue. Uh, we, we actually uh, got to a point where we formed an alliance uh, to be able to go up against Metro Links and say, hey guys, like you know, get your act together. Let's make sure that we uh, make things accessible, make things e- easy enough to uh, for for the public to get to our businesses, so we don't have to close them. Um, it's uh, it's it's just not been there. And you know, as much as as much as they try to do what they can to to, to help out, uh, it's really not enough. What has been the response when you've gone to Metrolinx and you've said, we're, you know, we're suffering here. What's the response been? Well, you know what? They, they have put the programs into effect whereby uh, they have the main control over it, but then they'll say, what do you guys want? And we tell them what we want and it takes forever to implement. And it's, uh, you know, it's been, we've been jumping through hoops trying to keep both sides happy uh, you know, the, 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 there has been some concessions made, but again, you know, what do those concessions do for the businesses that are gone? Because they just couldn't support it anymore. Were, right? Did those, interestingly, Enzo, those businesses that left, did did most of those leave very quickly because they looked at this and said, we can't make it? Or did most of them try to hold on and eventually just had to wave the white flag? No, they, they, they tried to hold on. And it, it's at a point now where most of them, uh, anybody who's leaving now is waving a white flag because, you know, they've been struggling. They've been struggling for 11 years. Uh, it's not been an easy thing to deal with. Um, you know, it's, so what do you do? Do you keep, do you keep chasing uh, after them and saying, you know, we need, we need your help. And when, when, when it comes, it's, it's too late. Or do you get out before it's too late? Um I, I think there could have been a lot of things that were managed better or could have been managed better uh, that would have probably alleviated, I won't say all of it because, uh, you know, some of it was just destined to happen, but not the bulk of it. You know, the bulk mm-hmm. of it is because uh, 
not accessible. Like I, I've seen, I've seen where the uh, fences were less than three feet away from the front of a per, uh, of a business. And when it's like that, even just for walking traffic, um, you almost have to stop to let a person go by before you can go by, past that same section. Right? It's yeah. So oh, tight. yeah. Well, okay. So we have, as I told you earlier today, and I don't know if you'd heard about it, but uh, you know, you've got enough things going on in your plate that you may not have. So Hamilton has this project that is supposed to be starting sometime in the next little while. Uh, we're buying properties now for, you know, to, to do things. And what would you say if someone from the, uh, a BIA here was to call you up and say, Enzo, what do we need to know before they start into this? What advice would you give to them having been through this now? Uh, first things first, don't wait for them to approach you. Get it, get on them before they even start digging. Uh, try to set out parameters that will, will protect your businesses uh, you know, like even minimum space left on, on walkways for pedestrians. Uh, because, you know, not only do you have pedestrians that are walking, but you also have wheelchairs, you have strollers, you have uh, bicycles and, and whatnot. So, you know what I mean? There's got to be enough space for them to be able to get through. The, the businesses have to remain accessible. If they, if they don't remain accessible, they, they will eventually disappear. Uh, so that's the first part. Second part, uh, you know, construction sites, they're construction sites. They're going to get dirty. So they need to have something in place whereby they have proper cleaning. Uh, if, you know, if it's not week, weekly or, or daily, like something has got to be done with enough of, with enough of a push to make sure that it keeps the area, uh, in, in a respectable manner that people will continue to want to be there. Uh, parking is another huge one because once they start barricading up lanes that they have to work and, you know, rightfully so they're trying to keep uh, pedestrians. They're trying to keep road traffic and, and they're trying to keep their crews safe, but they're going to be taking away parking. So you need to make sure that the parking is replaced so that, you know, you might not get to park in front of the store, but at least you get to park on the street beside the buildings. Um, so these are just, these are just a few of the things that, you know, we, we had to fight for it. We had to, uh, we, we, we had to ask for it. We had to go looking for it. This stuff should have all been made right up front, accessible and ready to go. Uh, they, and they need to put, they need to put the community first. Uh, that is Enzo Taroni, who, by the way, in the Toronto Star piece says, I'm tired of talking about delays, which of course got me immediately calling him. And it's, it was, it was good of you to put your tiredness about talking of delays aside and, uh, and join us for a few minutes. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you very much, Scott. And if this is the last time I have to talk about it and uh, it gets <laughs> finished, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Enzo, I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night, Scott. Uh, you know, this is, this is, um, this is something that I, I'm telling you, um, whether you're for or against the LRT, and as I say, we seem to be well past the point of having that debate. It seems like it's going ahead. I do worry when I see the stories like this of endless delays and businesses that all the, all the warnings that people have been saying actually coming true somewhere else in a similar setup to what we're going to have. Similar kind of street. Eglinton is similar enough to King Street. It's a similar enough scenario. I, I, I do get worried and I hope and I pray that people from our city and people from Metrolinx and people from the province 
are looking at what's happened at places like this and saying, we are making intensive notes so that none of these same things get done again. Because if it happened here, if it's happened here and we've got a clear example of mistakes that were made or things that could have been done better and the same thing happen, happens in Hamilton, shame on everybody involved. This, is, this, this was your, not, not to the people in Eglinton Avenue, but this was your trial run among other ones. This stuff cannot happen here or else you have failed. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. After 21 years and a little bit, Bob Cowan is saying, that's it, I am done. There's only so much Annette Holm anyone can possibly work with. I quit. He's giving up on CHCH more. That, that is the reason, right, Bob? It is. This is an Annette Holm problem, is it not? <laughs> it's totally an Annette Holm problem. <laughs> How you doing, Scott? I am well. Listen, who in the world retires on a Thursday? Okay. I saw your tweet <laughs> about that. You know what it was? I actually, so I picked out, I announced, uh, you know, in the office, uh, hey, guys, I'm going to retire. This was back in uh, June. I'm going to retire September 30th. And Annette goes, I booked a cruise. I'm not going to be here. But uh, anyways, uh, I picked the 30th, a Friday. And then, so that was the date. Um, and then we, as we were going along and planning things, we realized, well, that's Truth and Reconciliation Day. So we didn't want oh, okay. to distract okay. from, uh, you know, from the, what the day deserves. So, uh, okay, well, that's, that's at least a valid excuse. That That's at least a reasonable excuse. I thought, you know, it's just <laughs> like, man, the, the guys just decided I can't do one more day. I can't ride it out to the Friday. <laughs> I'm just yeah, exhausted. Like I can just wrap up in a four day work week. <laughs> All right, tell me how you ended up here because you're a Hamilton guy, right? You you were you were this is where you well, this was your hometown. Oldville, but I grew up watching CHCH. Okay. So how I did you end up on How did you end up on Morning Live when that show started? Okay, so um I was at the time I was working uh, in Halifax and uh, the um, network that purchased CHCH at that time, Global Television, um I picked up the phone and said, hey, I want to come home. CHCH, I'd love to work there. And here I is. And that was it. That's all you had to do. Well, I mean, a much longer story there, but too long for your show. <laughs> all right. So, and so you, did they? Did you come back for this show Was there a, or, or was it yes. for something else initially? No, no. They were launching the show and um, they had other plans for me, which fell apart. And so they actually... Um, one of the network executives actually facilitated this for me as a way of kind of a, a makeup. You know, we don't have this for you, but hey, we bought CHH in Hamilton and we're launching a morning show. We'd love to, you know, would you be interested in that? And I said, yes, yes, yes. You you weren't you weren't daunted by the fact that it was going to mean getting up at some crazy hour every day, uh, or had you not considered that yet? That kicks in later. Like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> What you know time what? do that's you the get only up? downside to the job, really. Like, it, what time it, do you get up, Bob? Well, that's changed over the years, but for the last um, seven years, um, the alarm goes off at two forty-five. I'm in at three thirty. Uh, sorry, I, I, yeah. I, a sound was coming out of my body, yeah. and it took a second to emerge. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a life sucker. Like, it, it's it's just all encompassing. It just takes your energy for anything else um so uh, i'll 
I'll say that is a factor for my retirement. Bob, just um, before we carry on with you, uh, we got someone else on the line here, and I, I just want to ask if if Bob is better today on TV than he was back on day one. Kathy, is he? Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, after twenty one years, you have to be better, right? You have to. That Hi is, guys. Maybe Bob knows who bit. this is. That is uh, that's the voice of Kathy Wegner, who was his host on the very first day of Morning Live twenty one oh years gosh. ago. We were just texting a couple of hours ago, and she did not let on that she's on the Scott Radley show. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think she was trying to hide that fact. Not everyone's proud of that moment, Bob. You know, I mean, <laughs> but but Kathy, did you know Bob at all when you guys became co-hosts for this? Well, that's the thing. Like, I have such a fond memory. Bob, we just, I, I, I don't know if you felt this, but I felt like we were really, I don't know, we were kind of in our own little bubble that morning when we first started. We knew each yeah. other yeah. Um, because we had worked before in the Ottawa Valley, a station called CHRO. Yeah. And um, Bob let me know that there was uh, a show in the works in Hamilton, Long story short, I ended up being his co-host, and we went on the air together. And you remember all the the bigwigs from the Global oh Network gosh, were watching us from the control yes, room. We could the see them through the glass. Thing. So the control room where all the uh, you know directors and everyone are, it was just crowded with suits from the network, noses up against the glass, <laughs> watching Kathy and I. But we got yeah, through it. Is... Yeah, we got well, through it. it, and it was nice to start that way, like with with someone you know. So, Bob, yeah. would it be fair to say that it was a really good thing that on that first day when all the suits were in the control room, that that was not the day that you had to introduce the segment about the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> I knew that was coming, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you explain for the way. listeners very carefully, by the way? I don't even know if Kathy knows about that one. Oh, I've heard. <laughs> Everybody's heard. <laughs> what, again, explain it, but be very careful. Actually, if you could explain how you get that expunged from YouTube, Scott. <laughs> you had to introduce something about the Mighty Ducks and what happened. Well, we were talking about the movie Mighty Ducks 4. <laughs> but when I was saying it quickly, I got my Fs in the wrong place. <laughs> what happens when you're on live TV and something... I've done it on the radio, but it's different because no one can see my face. Um, I was trying to say the pheasant plucker with a mouthful of hamburger and something went wrong. But yeah, when you're, when you're visible on TV, what happens? Um, I'm pretty sure I went, now this is after, um, Kathy wasn't there for this, but yeah, I went beat red and, uh, I knew I was on YouTube in seconds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now was, was Kathy there with the, uh, no, you know, I, I've just no gone through wasn't. a few other things here. Was Kathy there when you had the incident with the endangered turtle? Uh, no, that was after Kathy. Oh, oh, the horrors that I have done, Kathy, after you left. <laughs> I dropped an endangered turtle on set. Oh, no. Oh, and? Did wow. he live? Is he oh, now really endangered? The turtle's fine. It just, I mean, it's awful dropping any turtle, but it had to be an endangered turtle. It was a slippery bugger. <laughs> It is, um, I mean, what is, Kathy, jump in here for a second, and then I'm going to ask Bob the same question, but is there something unique about doing morning television? Well, yeah, um, especially at that time, there weren't too many people um, doing it um, in the area. I think we were up against, uh, well, I wouldn't say we were up against, but our other 
sort of competition or the other on the dial would have been like the national CTV morning show. And um, But I was referring actually to city TV at a more local level. So they had their breakfast television going at the same time that we started. And largely, I think, I think, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was it. A couple more came on, um, yeah. and and, um, and London, too. Um, but it was... I felt like it was um, a chance to be yourself more in the morning. Um, that, you know, that you wouldn't notice the difference when you watch a, a newscast now, I don't think. But back then, things were less straight-laced in the morning. So, yeah, I mean, we were covering different, some animals, different material. Sure. Yeah, it was infotainment. Yeah. It was and it's some entertainment, us. sport, everything. And, and we were having fun with our, you know, on-location um, on reporter, Lori DeAngelis. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Bob? I mean, what that same question? Do you think there's something unique about morning, about doing morning television? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, like I say, it's it's a different animal, and it requires a it's a huge balancing act because you still need to get the stuff that people need to get their day going out there. The, you know, they need their news hit, their weather, and their traffic hit, uh, among other things. But um, the way it's packaged up and and the way it's delivered is uh, unique. And uh, you have to find that balance. Well, you told me once, and, and Kathy, you know what? We're going to let you go, but I really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes and, and joining us, Kathy Wagner. Thank you so much for taking time. It was so much time. fun. I'll be listening. Have fun, that, that Kathy. Is... Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Thank oh, my you. pleasure. So great to hear your voice. My, yours too. Okay, bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bob, you told me once um, when I asked when you, when I was asking about doing morning television, you said that your audience is unique, and I don't know if you remember the quote that you said, um, but your audience is either on a treadmill or they're naked, which is you know which is an interesting way to think about the people on the other side of the lens, or both at the same time. Or, or both. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a little that'll throw me a little bit if I'm trying to do this to read something at that point, thinking about that image. Yeah, well, that's what we have to think of every morning. What I mean is it difficult though? Because honestly, being being a little bit serious, to get up at that time of day and try when people tune on turn on their TV, they want someone who is not looking as asleep as they are. It oh, has yeah. to be difficult some days to be energetic and alive and happy and perky and all those kind of things that people expect. Yeah, it is. That's why uh, we've got a coffee sponsor. <laughs> but you know, and before I got into morning television, I used to have the exact same thought, like. How are these, how is that guy in a suit that's, you know, six in the morning looking like that? Like, yeah. Um, and then flash forward, I'm one of those guys. And yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but uh, you just get into the groove. You must also, and look, I, I know you guys get along. I know Annette, I know you, I know you guys are good friends. I know the rest of the crew are good friends, but there is nobody who can work anywhere that doesn't have the odd butting of heads on something how do you just not show that ever? How do you hide that? Are you just a really good actor when those m few moments happen? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't let anyone else know. Just play it you as take, if it's all good. You know what? You just got to smile your way through it and just process it. And, and Yeah. Um, usually it's not important enough to let it ruin, you know, what we have there. Right. Right. Yeah. What, what has been thing. the, along the way in 21 years, 
I know, I know Annette once said that the moment that scared her to death was when she had to interview Alex Trebek. Has, has there been a moment or two when you've been on there, other than putting the wrong F before a certain word, has there been a moment when you have almost been um, intimidated by doing what you're doing? Not intimidated, but I have been in awe a number of times. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so thankful for this job that I've had for the past 21 years, meeting people that I would never otherwise meet. Um, from Buzz Aldrin to um, Billy Van from Hilarious Hill uh-huh. Frankenstein, one of the first guests on the morning show. And uh, an absolute, I mean, he's a legend. Uh, Absolutely. From the building. Since. Yeah, from the building that you worked in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I watched, you know, I breaks home after high school to watch Hosa Frankenstein and uh, see Billy Van. For, so for him to come on the show and spend extra time and write me a letter afterwards expressing how much he enjoyed the visit, which I, I still have, um, you know, that just meant the world to me. And I, I, that's just, you know, he's part of a long list of people. Martin Short, again, one of the first interviews in the show. And since then, uh, so many people that I've been able to talk to, and, and I just feel blessed. Do you Did you announce that you were going to retire before you moved into the new building? Well, you know what? Um, so with COVID, of course, the new building, which is spectacular, by the way, you got to come hang out. But uh, it's it's late. So my original plan was I turned 65 in May. And I thought way back when I was planning this, I thought, well, I'll retire May of uh, 2022 and I would have been in the new building for a year. But of course, we just got into the building May of this year. So I thought, you know, what? I'll, I'll plow through the summer and retire in the fall. So at least I uh, get to work, you know, six months in the new building with a new TV station smell. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I, I wondered if, you know, when you get there, if you go, oh, maybe I hang in for another six months, it's kind of nice here. It's kind of cool and kind of neat, but <laughs> you, you've already got your plans made, right? So what are the plans? What, if you don't have to wake up at two 30 or whatever time it was, uh, yeah. what do you plan to do now? Well, sleeping in is the first plan. And after <laughs> yeah. that, we've got a lot of, uh, my wife, Elaine and I, um, have a lot of travel booked over the next couple of years. And then, uh, when the money runs out, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I also wonder, it sounds silly, but have you been able over the years to do anything in evenings, go to a show or go to a movie or go to a sporting event or anything, or do you always have to be home to try and get some sleep? Well, that's the thing. It, it is a life sucker and it just, uh, it takes over everything. So it, it doesn't, you know, it does prevent you from, you know, going out to things and, you know, you're just often just too tired, you know, um, yeah, I call it a life sucker. <laughs> it really is. You know, I love the show. I love the job, but that's the penalty for those early morning hours. You know, it just, uh, it consumes everything. What has been, now, I don't know, you may have already talked about it, but what has been the one moment that uh, that you look back on either with the greatest fondness or with the greatest horror? Or both? Okay, well, okay. well we've already talked about the Mighty Ducks. Uh, so, the greatest fondness, well, you know, that, and that's a toughie. I'll you know, I've so many special people that I've worked with that uh, I have the fondest memories of, and people that we've lost as well. I'm thinking of Nicola Jones, right? Um, yeah, um, and of course the original morning show team: Leslie Stewart, um, Lori DeAngelis, Kathy. No, we haven't Williams. lost these people, by by the way. In case someone's wondering, they've no, just no, no, moved no, no, on. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, they're just they're fond memories, and yes. you know, they 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 moved on. 
And, you know, it's amazing when you start to go through some of the people that have been on that show over the years, you realize, and this is a compliment to you, or it says something about you not being that bright. I'm not sure, but they've all (laughs) decided that, you know, that length of time, they couldn't do it. You stuck with it from day one. You, you're the, you're the guy who, for whatever reason has said, I'm not going. Yeah. Well, of course I, uh, you know, I was parked in a few spots before I got to CHCH and, and I was older. I got into the business late. Um, my what did you first, do before? Uh, well, I kicked around doing some acting, some stand-up, and then I was in automotive leasing, and then I went back to school for broadcasting. And uh, so I was 30 years old before I set foot in a radio station. Really? Um, yeah. And I was well into, um, you know, I was uh, almost 40 before I got into TV. So I always felt like I had to put the afterburners on because everybody else I worked with was 10 or 15 years ahead of me. But yeah, anyways, well... I was in Ottawa and Halifax when I got to CHCH. And again, you know, like I love the station, you know, Canada super station. And I thought, you know what? And my kids were at the age where this is where I'm going to park. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then to never leave, uh, it makes sense. It's just, as you say, it, uh, I know you put on a very good face and you're, you enjoy it and all the rest, but it, it really does have to be a grind. You call it a life sucker, but it's got to be a grind day after day after day. It has to be a grind. Yeah, it is a grind, but the, it is that rewarding. And I've loved every minute of it. And, uh, I knew I had something good and that's why I stuck with it. And so I don't, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to steal any thunder from what might come, but have they figured out what they're doing when you're gone? Or have you just said, I don't care. Let me just out of here. And you guys figure that out later. Oh, tune in tomorrow. There'll be an announcement. Really? Yes. Really? All right. Well, we're going to make our predictions. Bubba O'Neill, morning CHCH, <laughs> morning live co-host. Catch I'll get Bubba on now. right after. Yeah, I'll get, your, I'll get Bubba on the line right after you. What's it going to be like waking up at two every day, Bubba? How's, how's that going to go? You're going to oh, find out tomorrow. For sure. <laughs> I think he's pretty happy with his hours right now. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think uh, I think probably so. Well, listen, Bob, it's uh, we appreciate you coming on and doing this, and and you probably do have to get to bed, so we will let you go. But <laughs> well, yes. um, but hey, it, thank you, Scott, for the uh, I I've loved uh, hopping on your show over the uh, past couple of years too. So thank you so much for the invite tonight. No, it's uh, look. There's a lot of we know that there are a lot of people who watch the show in the morning, and I absolutely know there's going to be a lot of people who tune in tomorrow, uh, especially because uh, you have been a part of their mornings and their naked treadmill runs for 21 years. <laughs> and um, you know, and I want to take this will... opportunity to thank them right now if they're listening to CHML. Like, um, you know, it's been a real honor and a privilege to be in people's homes and getting them the heck up out of, the heck up out of bed and out the door. <laughs> This is that that was just you doing your practice run, right? So you can make it through without crying tomorrow. Oh, I might cry. (laughs) You got to revert to your auto leasing salesman thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Put on that kind of schmaltzy front and and that'll work. You'll get through it. Yeah. And we have two makeup artists on hand so they can cover any uh, (laughs) (laughs) tears. Uh, But uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, there will be the ceremonial handing over of the coffee mug tomorrow morning. The so coffee all mug will and, be revealed. And well, and you also speak when I let you go, there was, was there not, when you say a mug, was there not also some very valuable cup or goblet or glass or something that you managed to destroy? Oh gosh, I don't remember that, but I'm sure I did. I don't know. <laughs> I thought, I thought there was spills. something. Yeah, no, I thought there was something that you obliterated on the set one time that someone had come in with a, 
Uh, maybe not. Maybe that was a net. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing the two of you. Someone had brought a very valuable museum piece and it ended up in the floor. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look that one up after. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't remember, that probably means there was the uh, the alcohol tasting segment right before when you guys were going probably. The, yeah, yeah. Bob Cow and uh, tomorrow morning. Tune in tomorrow morning. Bright, really bright and early. And uh, as he uh, before he walks off into the sunrise. See, you're the only guy who doesn't walk off into the sunset. You walk off into the sunrise. Right? Sunrise, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Bob Cowan, really guys. appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Nighty night. Okay, bye. Nighty night. Yeah, okay, there, there you go. Uh, Bob Cowan, as I say, he will have his final day tomorrow, and at least he explained, and it makes some sense why it's a Thursday, because otherwise that was that was weird. But it does make sense. Truth and Reconciliation Day. See, that's kind of Bob guy he is. He doesn't want to steal attention from that. See, there you go. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.